Good morning, Church fam. Uh, thanks for tuning in and being a part of our broadcast on this Sunday. Uh, like you, I'm at home. I am experiencing this moment uh like you, uh, in the comfort of your own place. Um, thanks for understanding and allowing us to be able to have this opportunity to get into Scripture with you guys. Uh, our church family is appreciative just for all that call this place home and for the good things that God is doing in this church. So uh, with that being said, what I want to do right now is I want to jump in a little bit to some teachings this morning for our hearts to be uh, encouraged and transformed Um uh, one of the thoughts that really struck me a lot as we conclude this year um, and then begin to move into the next year, uh, 2020 is definitely going to go down in the books as being one of the most challenging, difficulty, difficult years of an entire generation. Um, none of us have been immune from the challenges and the hardships that have gone along with it. Some of us have suffered even more so than others uh, based upon losing jobs or getting the virus and seeing and experiencing loss in a variety of forms throughout our families. Um, and it's really kind of caused me a lot to really consider and think about as we go into this next year and this next season, um, what is it that God has to speak to our church family and our community? And uh, it's kind of caused me to just really be prayerful and uh, expectant. God, what do you want? What do you have? And so that being said, we are actually going to be jumping into a brand new teaching series starting next week in the book of First Peter. So my encouragement to you would be to begin to read that book, spend a lot of time over the summer uh, reading it, rereading it, uh, thinking about it, um, praying through it, and my hope would be that it would bring a lot of encouragement to you. The name of this series is actually going to be called Suffering and Glory, and I think that adequately uh, describes what the book of Peter is all about, and I think in a lot of ways it probably describes a lot of the experiences that you and I have gone through 2020. Um, and what I want to do is I want for us to really think about not just really the subject of suffering, but suffering that ultimately leads into glory. And um, so think of this moment right now is sort of a trailer or a teaser going on into this upcoming sermon series. This is sort of a standalone message right after Christmas going on into the new year. Uh, by the way, thanks for understanding. Uh, being able to meet with us online uh, it really gives uh, a break to a lot of the people that work really hard on Sunday mornings um, so that uh, we all can take some time at home, study scripture together, be with our families, be with our friends, uh, be with people. People that we hold close and dear. So what I want to do is I'm going to read um, really some of the last few verses of the book of Peter. Um, and so think of this as sort of a, not only a closure to the book, but a beginning of an entire series. So I want to, I want to begin uh, today kind of where Peter ends or concludes because where Peter is taking this book is uh, ultimately uh, a, a place of incredible encouragement. Um, and as I think about this, that's exactly what you and I need. Um, a title for today, I'm just simply calling Hope for the Exhausted. Hope for the Exhausted. Um, anybody out there exhausted? Anybody uh, in the midst of 2020 just kind of found yourself battle-weary or COVID-weary or challenged or stressed, or maybe you've known loved ones, people that you are familiar with that have suffered, who have gotten sick, maybe lost a job, uh, taken some pretty significant financial hits. Um, I think all of us have gone through some degree of this. None of us are immune, as I mentioned earlier. 
But what I want to do is I want for us to really think about how the scripture speaks to our suffering and what type of uh, word of hope that it offers to us. I think this passage I'm going to read to you in just a moment um, offers a lot of hope for us to really consider and think about. So what I want to do, I want to read this to you out of the book of First Peter chapter 5. Um, we'll pick it up at around verse 8. I'll read from verse 8 to verse 11. I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. Um, I think uh, this translation captures some really great um, ideas that are kind of there within a text. So listen to what it says. Um, verse 8, chapter 5, book of First Peter says this. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to, to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering as you are. In this kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little, we, he will restore, support, and strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. Amen. So in this little segment of scripture, I want to really just look at two sets of fours, two sets of fours. The first four is four encouragements that uh, Peter offers to us. And the second are basically four um, exhortations or four calls to action, if you want to think of it that way, or that are rooted in these promises of God promises that God gives to us. So first of all, let's take a look at these four encouragements that he uh, encourages us, offers for us to step into and walk into. Number one, he describes it this way. He says to stay alert. And as we begin to jump into that, I want to think about a couple thoughts. Uh, First of all, the context of the book of Peter. Again, we'll get more into this as we begin to jump into the series of Peter. Uh, But Peter is writing to a community of people that have followed Jesus. in the world, uh, the ancient Roman world, they're scattered all abroad. They're kind of described as exiles. Again, we'll talk more about this as we jump into the series. But um, these followers of Jesus are suffering in varying degrees. Um, the fact of the matter is, is that he's calling them in the midst of their suffering to consider God's grace, God's kindness, God's goodness. And ultimately what God is doing even through the midst of that suffering, um, inviting them to really understand a bigger picture of maybe what God is doing in their life, that God is changing and transforming them. So his exhortations to them are really significant. Now, one final thing is I would add Chapter 5 actually is written specifically addressing uh, what he describes as overseers or pastors, we might call that, or a leader of a church. Um, However, at the same time, I would say that even though this is directed to overseers or pastors or leaders of the church, uh, small group leaders, whoever, you can fill in the blank, I think it carries over to the general uh, follower of Jesus uh, abroad, uh, meaning anyone that follows Jesus is kind of uh, to be a recipient of not only these exhortations or encouragements, calls to action, but also the promises that God gives. So we'll see that and how it plays out in just a moment. So with that being said, by way of a little bit of a backstory or context, I want to jump in and take a look at the four different types of encouragements that he's calling the followers of Jesus to experience. Number one, he encourages them to stay alert, to be watchful. 
Why does he say this? I think, especially in the midst of suffering, um, there's no doubt one thing that every one of us find ourselves uh, experiencing is that there is a potential for us to drown ourselves in distraction, to drown ourselves in distraction, to do what we can to binge watch Netflix, to somehow engage in all sorts of activity that will somehow bring about a cessation of the suffering that we find ourselves in. Um, and what I think the writer Peter is inviting us into is to think about this in a different way, not so much to distract ourselves or to remove our mindset or engagement with the suffering at hand, but to really be alert, to stay watchful. The word that he uses in another translation is to be sober-minded. Um, I think that's important because, again, especially in our day and age in which alcohol abuse has become just off the charts, and especially with regard to COVID, there's all sorts of studies that have been out that people have been abusing alcohol at greater rates than ever before. Um, and what Peter's inviting us to do is to be sober-minded, to not uh, let our minds become distracted from the types of sufferings that we find ourselves in the midst of. Why does he want us to do that? Well, I think the very next uh, little clause is important because he goes on to say uh, to recognize that we have an enemy, an adversary that is out uh, to bring about distraction, dis- uh, destruction to our lives. He describes them as like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I want to just focus on the fact that the second thing uh, in terms of an exhortation or encouragement or call to action he wants us to step into is to resist the devil, to resist the devil. That means that they're within the context of this adversarial response to our lives and to what we're going through. There is a dark force that is alive and powerful that has the ability to not only distract us, but to take us off course, to cause us to drift. I've said this many times that one of the things I've noticed throughout COVID is it has been like a testing fire um, for some people. Uh, it has Prove them to become even more devoted, more uh, committed followers to Jesus, uh, studying his scripture, praying, pressing into God, pressing into God's people, showing up on Zoom Bible studies and meetings and prayer gatherings and creating space where they can connect with other people. For others, uh, there has actually been an abandonment of the faith, people walking away from Jesus, walking away from their former loyalty to Jesus. Um, what's happening here? And what I think is taking place is that these are examples of of how the enemy, uh, like a roaring lion, is, is literally looking for the weakest and those that are maybe most vulnerable among us to take them out. We've seen that happen a lot. And so what's his response to that? His response is to resist the devil. Are you able to identify the various elements in which the enemy of our soul is seeking to distract or attack or to cause discouragement or waves of anxiety to overcome us, to overtake us? These are part of natural um forms of life, but to give in to these things, to allow them to have ultimate sway over us, are forms of these dark forces that are at work to bring us away from God, to cause us to drift. So number one, we're called to stay alert. Number two, we're called to resist the devil. Number three, he encourages us to stand firm in your faith, to stand firm. Um, The idea that I think he's describing here is to have your feet firmly rooted and planted. Make sure that your loyalties are focused upon God, directed God word. 
Um, why is that important to identify? Because I think it's really easy for us to have our loyalties divided, to claim in word that we're devoted to God, but in action, in the way that we live our lives, to be devoted to other things. Um, the circumstances that have happened and played throughout 2020, whether it be from um, the pandemic or the various types of racial uh, injustices that were brought to the surface and how we responded to those things, whether we found ourselves embroiled in the, uh, the, the types of emotions or anxieties that were oftentimes attributed there, um, I think what God's inviting us to do is to have a calm, non-anxious presence in the midst of tremendous suffering. To have our, our footing beneath us in such a manner that we are able to stand firm in our faith. Um, the idea of that is to have our confidence rooted in God. Um, look, guys, at the end of the day, this is our greatest hope. Um, as I look around the world, as you look around the world, one of the things that we can for sure identify is that this world cannot be the place that we find our hope or that we place our confidence. That's what the word faith means. Um, really, ultimately, this is where, for us, is to identify the narrative that we find ourselves in the midst of, of the gospel, and realize that this is where our hope is lay. The fourth thing, uh, by way of a call to action or encouragement, is to remind yourself you're not alone. And this is what he goes on to say in verse 9. Listen to this again. Uh, He says, um, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him from your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by the brotherhood throughout the world. Um, I think it's just always important for us to remind ourselves that we are not alone. The types of suffering that we feel, I think one of the things that can oftentimes happen to us is when we're in the midst of suffering, we begin to feel isolated and alone as if we are the only people experiencing that type of loneliness or anxiety or suffering or pain. Um, Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever just kind of been in the midst of uh, some form of fire or suffering, metaphorical fire, uh, and you've just thought, nobody understands me, nobody gets me, nobody's going through the same type of thing that I'm going through. And that's one of the unique um, forms of alienation I think our adversary, the devil, loves to bring about. He loves to bring about the sense of isolation, Uh, whispers thoughts into our minds like, no one gets you, no one understands you, no one knows what you're going through, no one has ever gone through something like you have gone through, you alone are unique. And of course, each one of us experiences things differently and we have different circumstances that we face. The fact of the matter is that I think what Peter's trying to remind us is that you and I, we are not alone. Not only are there brothers and sisters in Christ around the world that have gone through various forms and circumstances and hardships like what we have gone through, but we also recognize that Jesus himself has gone through tremendous suffering himself, that he is truly with us. If one of the promises that Jesus made to his followers has any degree of truth in it, which I truly believe it is, Jesus says, "Um, I'm with you even to the end of the age. So, to wrap your heart, your mind, your thoughts, your emotions, your affections around that reality that Jesus is with you. Throughout 2020, as difficult as that was for all of us, he's been with us. So what I want to do now is I want to finish by looking at four promises that Peter reminds us of. And this gets really awesome. So just think about this. Listen to what he says. Um, Again, going back to the passage. 
He says, after you have suffered a little, just pause real quick and think about that. After you suffered a little, we don't, I, I mean, I think we're really honest. We don't really love that verse. Like, we don't want to suffer a little. We, we, we don't want to suffer at all. We want to avoid suffering. And I think that's oftentimes one of the ways in which we respond to these types of things. Because we just try to avoid it, as we already mentioned. Um, but what he's saying is that after you suffered a little, the Christian faith, the true Christian faith, is one that has a identity or a placement for value even in the midst of suffering. Though God is not the one that causes suffering in this context that Peter's describing here. God redeems suffering. God uses suffering as like a tool in his toolbox to bring about a greater growth and uh, expansion of our souls. Um, so I want you to think about that. Uh, he says, after you've suffered a little, the God of all grace, the God of all grace, just pause and reflect upon that phrase, the God of all grace, not a little grace, not small amounts of grace, great grace, all grace becomes what God then distributes because God is a gracious God, a giving God, a gift-giving God, one that helps us even in the midst of our challenges and hardships. He's the God of all grace. This is what he goes on to say, who has called you to eternal glory in Christ. The point that I make is within this context, this is where I got the title of our entire series. Again, we will begin next week, uh, Suffering and Glory, um, that this God of all glory invites us into his glory to be changed and transformed by his glory. Uh, there's one thing that no doubt happens with suffering. Suffering will change you. It will change you. There's one thing that's um, unilateral across the entire world, that when people go through suffering, you do not come out of suffering on the other end the same person. Um, however, what we have noticed, and I'm sure that you've identified this even with your own your life, uh, when some people go through suffering, they come out the other end and they're really bitter and angry and frustrated. They got a chip on their shoulder. They feel very, very entitled to life and all sorts of other elements because they have suffered tremendously. And yet oftentimes what that suffering has done is it's reshaped them. Um, and the way that they responded to it was not in a healthy, productive type of a manner. Uh, on the other hand, we've seen people that have gone through suffering. They come out the other end. They're softer. They're gentler. Um, you have dialogue with them. They have a depth of understanding and empathy and compassion as they have gone through suffering themselves. Um, one of the Puritans described the sun and clay, that the same sun that shines upon uh, the clay and hardens it um, is also the same God, again, I'm going to get the analogy a little bit uh, incorrect, is also the same God that can shine upon ice and melt it. Um, but the point is, is that that sun has, that fire has the ability to harden some things and soften some things. And this is what suffering does in our lives. It either makes us a harder human being, um, indifferent and cold to other people's suffering because we have become angry and embittered inside, or it makes us into a person that our lives have become expanded and grown. And this is what he says, that this is, this is the picture of glory, glory, that God shapes you to become like Jesus. Here's what he goes on to say, these four things. Number one, he says he will restore you. Um, I have this uh, daily prayer um, app that I listen to, and one of the things that is part of the regular daily prayer is God restore us, but then it also says restore us. The idea is to bring us back into your story, God, so that your story, your 
gospel is what's shaping and transforming and changing my heart from glory to glory or from one degree of glory to another degree of glory as God uh, transforms us in this space that we find ourselves even in the midst of suffering. So he will restore us. Number two, he says that he will confirm us. Um, the word that can be utilized here is to uh, put your feet in the ground to um, to create a degree of um, strength, uh, like endurance would be another word that might be used here. So restore, give us endurance. That's, that's a, an expansion of our ability in the midst of those types of circumstances. And then he says, thirdly, to strengthen us, that we become strengthened. You know, one of the things about working out is um, they have a form of working out where as you work out, you work out to the point of what's called fatigue or exhaustion, where your muscle can't go any further, can't do any more reps, can't do any more push-ups, can't do any more curls. Your, your, your muscle just stops. And it's at that moment that something happens is that your muscle fibers actually begin to break down. But again, as people that study these types of things about the physique or the body, they realize that what's actually happening there is that entire workout is in some ways meaningless up until that very point. Once you push through that point of exhaustion and fatigue or go to the point of exhaustion and fatigue, um, now you've got to the place where those muscle fibers will actually not only be torn down, but then begin to, to grow and to rebuild. And that's how you build muscle. But the point is, is this is how we build spiritual muscle as well, is that when we find ourselves, maybe that's where you're at right now, you feel exhausted or fatigued. My hope would be that you don't give up, but that you find hope and strength in the words of Jesus and realize that what God is doing is something profoundly great and reshaping and expanding your soul and giving you greater strength. And then finally, he says to establish you. In other words, to give you a place where your life is uh, a, a means of blessing and hope to other people to establish you. Um, and we see that this is exactly what uh, Jesus had done when he rose up rose again from the dead, uh, people like Paul and Peter who had suffered tremendously, um, how that these guys became sources of incredible blessing through the letters that they had written, which we have in our Bibles, or through the messages that, that they preached to the early church. Um, and the fact is that you and I can become those types of people as well. Um, at the end of the day, we realize that what God is up to in the lives of people that have become loyal to him, that have devoted themselves to him, that God has not forsaken us. 2020 may feel like a year to you that you've been forsaken, um, that the waves of anxiety and pain and loss and grief have been pretty profound. Again, there's a wide array, array of people watching and tuning in right now. Um, in fact, just as, as a pause, um, if and as you're watching this, I would love to just kind of hear where you're at. So maybe just drop a note, say hi, say where you're watching from. Um, if there's anything that you need prayer for, please don't hesitate to let us know how we can be praying for you. But what God is doing right now is he's trying to, he's, he's moving into the people that are turning to him, and he's reshaping us into a people that will become like him. And he finishes with this little statement, I'll be done. He says, to him, to God, be dominion forever and ever. Amen. The point that I'd make that all of this is a means that God is up to in our lives of doing something good out of something really profoundly bad. Um, I think the story that Peter brings us into in this really unique book is to show us that God 
is even bigger than the suffering and the pain and the hardship that you and I go through. Um, that he is able to actually not just simply deliver us or take us out of that suffering, but to make us a certain type of people through that suffering, in the midst of that suffering. Um, this is a word of hope and encouragement to those that are exhausted. So again, um, I don't know where you're at, what degree, what level of anxiety that you have found yourself in or exhaustion you have found yourself in. But my hope would be that as we conclude 2020, as we begin anew and afresh in 2021, that we would find and discover new hope, new life that God himself gives. This is something that God alone can do. This is not dependent upon us. There are responses that we have, but it's God who initiates all this. Uh, We don't bring about our own salvation. We don't bring about our own healing. This is God that does this. He just invites us to trust him. Stand firm in the faith, again, which is what Peter says. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. These are the ways in which God is reshaping us and making us a new type of people. So my hope as we close out this message and as we close out this year would be that wherever you're at, that you would just turn your heart to God. And I want to just close with just um, just some guided prayer. Just I'll, I'll guide direct. It sounds kind of weird, guided prayer. But I'll just guide it. So if you would like, why don't you just go ahead and close your eyes right now as a family. If you're together, if you guys feel comfortable holding hands or connected in that way, that's great. Go ahead and do that. If you're with little ones, maybe just encourage them to come together and we'll pray together. Um, I want to pray a prayer that I prayed a couple weeks ago, which is um, – as obviously Advent is over, but one of the words that we kind of brought to attention was the word Maranatha. Maranatha. It's a it's a word that basically means "Come, Lord Jesus." And I want to just finish with a, a thoughtful time of prayer, just considering that. So why don't you close your eyes if you want? Get comfortable where you're at. If closing your eyes is not something you want to do, that's totally fine too. So just close your eyes. I'm going to close my eyes, and I'm just gonna I'm going to pray. So if you want, just take a take a breath. Just pause. Think about. Jesus, who's right here with you, um, and consider his goodness. And right now, just confess anything that you feel like you need to confess to him. Maybe it's any form of sin or distrust or anxiety or pain or hurt or loss that you felt in your heart. Maybe certain things that you had anticipated 2020 were going to deliver um, throughout the midst of this year, uh, it was taken away from you. And you feel a a right sense of frustration. Um, Maybe confess that to Jesus. And in the midst of the time that we have here right now, just think about the fact that he loves you. He's with you. He himself knows what suffering looks like. He himself suffered brutally and was executed at age 33, uh, cut short, literally. He, he gave himself, but for a purpose, to ultimately rescue us. And as we finish and think about this word Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, where are those areas in your life right now where you just cry out Maranatha? Just say that right now as a, as a family, as a community, Maranatha. Come, Lord Jesus, come into this place of my life. Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus. So right now, come, Jesus, into the lives of people that are calling upon your name. And meet them right where they're at. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Guys, may the grace, mercy, and peace 
from the Triune God be yours in the conclusion of 2020 and in the beginning of 2021. Thanks for tuning in. God bless you guys. And can't wait to see you next week as we begin to jump into a brand new teaching series called Suffering and Glory through the study of First Peter. God bless you. See you.